Section 26 of the Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12. Section 26 mr bran who was killed in waco last friday was a much greater man than even his admirers knew he had many virtues which in a way his peculiar tactics in journalism belied for instance his paper was read for the most part by people who took a delight in his calling a spade a spade and in fact in his seeking out spades to write about this was not the true bran at all the man was clean-minded in his conversation he thought cleanly he lived cleanly as a gentleman should though he did not leave off sack he was not a brawling boisterous ruffian reveling in the slums he was essentially a family man and a student who scorned delights and lived laborious days his regard for the purity of women amounted almost to a monomania and he lived up to his own preachment on all of the various forms of integrity with much more strictness than people who affected to believe he was a leper furthermore the man was an ascetic in his essential spirit he had the true taste for the finely done thing in letters and as if he did not devote himself to what might be called the more refined literary artistry it was because he felt that there was danger of drawing too fine the lessons he thought it his duty to impart there was no use he said in writing to the few one should write so that all might read running he maintained that the way to instill principles in the people was to secure their attention first and he did not hesitate to secure their attention by any device that seemed available therefore he felt himself justified in appealing to the lower instincts in men in order that while they were all unsuspecting he might inculcate something better and so there ran through his publication the strangest contrast of sweetness and salacity of eloquence and bombast of purity and pornography of jewel phrases and gutter slang excerpts of enthralling poetry and brothel billingsgate he pointed his morals with putridity and he adorned his really beautiful style with barbarities and banalities which makes one shudder he set his fine thoughts like jewels in compost he ravished the classics to mix them up with sentences that stunk of the stews the man seemed to indulge in special flights of poesy with no other purpose than to achieve a disgusting anticlimax of muckery and mockery. The person who read Bran intelligently was impressed, most by his habit of irony in the Waconian. It was of the essence of his iconoclasm. He had something in his effects in this line that was piteous. There was no denying his appreciation of the pure air of the beautiful in life and nature of the truth as thinkers see and feel it it seemed to me that when he had soared up towards the ever vanishing ideal he reached a point whereat he turned in disgust and hurled himself madly back 
to the dungiest part of this dungy earth there was a mighty dissatisfaction even a despair in bran and a touch of sadness in his writing as in his face the more i read of his deliberate pandering to the literarily extramentious appetite the more i saw or thought i saw that he was afflicted with a mighty ennui and was chiefly trying to escape from his own torture as one who knew not whether solace was to be found either in the spiritual or the earthly nature of man such a one as he might have been expected to take up any cause that assailed the existing condition of things politically and sociologically while he was an ascetic his asceticism was only a reeking of his own bitterness upon himself he was a man in whom strong emotions were easily excited and he put into his writing all the passion which he suppressed in his dealings with his fellows socially he never felt malice towards people whom he assailed most maliciously he saw them simply as representatives of some fault of our social or political system and he felt that he was doing his duty by his own conception of what the world should be by pillaring them as object lessons of characters to be eliminated in his good time coming when he saw a foul wrong he saw it personified in some man or woman then he went abroad in search of foul things to say about it and he found them and he hurled them at the object and he polluted the atmosphere for a mile around when he wrote about the abstractions of poetry and philosophy he wrote with a sweeping swinging rhythm that thrilled anyone he was master of the diapason his ear was not attuned particularly to minor chords he loved cyclonic clashes of words and he would strike out fecal flashes to eliminate them his courageousness was at times overpowering his vocabulary overcame him often wore him away from his thought and landed him in some swamp out of which he was wont to extricate himself to the great delight of the semi-educated reader by some quip or quirk equally meretricious and mephitic thus would he metaphorically throw filth at himself he felt all the time that he was pursuing the best course bending things he despised and loathed to better purposes mr brand believed that the country was if not in itself decadent and degenerate under the control decadent degenerate and depraved men he believed that society was a social cesspool he thought that most religion was hypocrisy he believed that most wealth represented nothing more than the superior and diabolical genius of dishonesty so believing he so preached and he preached with a vehemence that was in a sense vicious his terribly irony made his work an engine of anarchy not that he meant anarchy at all but because the people who were caught by his banalities could not differentiate sufficiently to extract the core of truth from the great superstructure of extravagances with which he hid it mr brand meant only to lift the world up and one of his queer conceptions was that his own dragging down of things pure to the lowest level of life 
and thought and feeling was calculated to make his multitudinous clientele look upward he was mistaken he came to know it too for he said to me one evening i am only a fad i'll pass away when my vogue is done like brick pomeroy he wished to believe that the best way to help people up was to take a stand and view a little above them he said when it was suggested that he try this tack that he feared it was too late not that he wholly abandoned his belief in his own plan but it seemed to me that he felt sorry that once attention could be attracted by being shocking it could only be held by a continuance of the shocks in my personal dealings with mr bran i found him a person of almost feminine fineness it was amusing to meet him after some particularly atrocious issue of the iconoclast either personally or by letter and have him roar as gently as a sucking dove in such moods he revealed a character that was really sweet though i must apologize for that misused word he was impressed with the pity of life he loved to toy intellectually with subtleties of thought he had intuitions in art and poetry and music touched him truly and deeply i never have seen such a gentle man with women and his estimate of woman either in conversation or writing was a high and noble one if at times he wrote so that his conception of virtuous womanhood was unpleasantly associated with ideas that revolted you it was his peculiar belief that purity was all the purer for the contrast and antithesis he loved children too and in his more familiar moods according to his intimates he was like one whose heart was as a little child he cared no more for money after he began to make it than he cared in his bohemian days when he was readier to give than to take he loved his friends blindly he did not hate his enemies he despised them he had all the manly virtues courage generosity modesty yes modesty for egoism such as he had was not foolish pride his egotism was only his own force asserting itself his friendship was almost foolish he praised too generously he was inclined to help everybody he could and i am sure that he never assailed any one or anything that did not represent to him uncharity and snobbery he was not envious his mind was on the texas scale he knew no meanness his was kentucky origin and he was tainted with kentucky's quixotism he loved liberty and he loved love he was the friend of the people as he dreamed they should be he was the advocate of the greatest enlargement of rights with little of what he strove for in immediate political issues did i sympathize he believed more in what is called socialism than i do but he believed it most earnestly he was the greatest force in this country with his eighty thousand issues of his magazine per month for all the things that go with free silver his following included all the thinking followers of bryan and his work had no little effect in its powerful music and color 
upon many people to whom bryanism represented the political abomination of desolation as to the manner of mr brand's death there is only to be said that he expected it he judged from the characters of those he attacked that they would assassinate him he died as he expected to die without any cringing to his enemies some people he attacked who did not deserve his vitriolic attentions but he thought they did in the main he scourged and sacrificed only those who deserved the manner in which he was killed and the cause in which he was killed the cause of an institution in which a girl was debauched in the name of christ and turned out of doors to starve to the glory of religion glorify him he who fought in the open was shot by his sneak from behind the sneak himself was shot in his act of cowardice mr bran was brilliant and brave he partook of the qualities of the men who immortalized the alamo he was the first man who identified texas with thought he loved texas so well that he defended the code of private and public mobbery for righting wrongs to that cruel coward code he fell a victim with all his faults as i see them i can think of him only as worthy of being buried in some high place to the strains of siegfried's funeral march and can only say with browning of the dead grammarian here here's his place where meteors shoot clouds form lightnings are loosened stars come and go let joy break with the storm peace let the day send lofty designs must close in life effects loftily lying leave him still loftier than the world suspects living and dying the mirror for april seventh eighteen ninety eight End of section 26. Recording by John Brandon.